Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job explains how wrong thinking can get us stuck in places we shouldn't be. Some of us have a trigger that when that trigger is touched, it opens up the door for your entire thinking to be sabotaged. And when that door is open, you always know you spiral down. Fear can be a natural and healthy response in the presence of real danger, but when our fears are unfounded, sometimes our worried thoughts are the only thing standing in the way of the breakthrough we need. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, Mark is continuing a series about getting unstuck from a place of stagnancy. When you feel trapped in life, like there's nowhere left to go and nothing left to do, one of the first things you need might be a change in perspective. To explain more, here's Mark with our message, Rethink Your Thinking. I want you to take your Bibles today, and I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings. We're going to be looking at verse 3 of 1 Kings chapter 19. Verse 3 starts with a simple phrase that every single one of us in this auditorium can relate to. Elijah, this mighty man of God, Elijah, who calls fire down from heaven, Elijah, who appears on the mountain of transfiguration with Moses, Elijah, who raises people from the dead, Elijah, who parts the sea with his robe, it says, Elijah was afraid. Elijah was afraid. There's not a person in this auditorium that cannot relate to fear. We've all been afraid at one time or another. Oh, we may not always admit that we're afraid, but all of us have experienced the emotion of fear. Typically, that emotion of fear is brought on by what we think, how we think. Sometimes what we're afraid of doesn't even make sense. It's all made up in our head. But how many of you know that what you think affects how you feel? It may not even be real what you think, but it affects how you feel. Uh, Some of you, when you were small, you were afraid that somewhere in your bedroom closet, some monstrous creature lived there at night when the lights went off. How many of you are afraid of getting out of your bed at night because you thought something was going to grab your ankle from under the bed? And you just said, I'm not getting out of bed because you, in your mind, you thought something lives under there. Now, as you grow up into adulthood, you understand that those are all fabricated things within your childlike mind. But when you're a child, that thinking affects the way you feel about life, affects the way you feel And some of you had to have that little nightlight on when you went to bed at night. I'm not going to ask how many of you still have that little nightlight on, but probably some of you still do. Our thinking affects our feeling, and our feeling affects our behavior. I remember several years ago uh, being stuck in my thinking, and, and I remember how this spiraled down. 
We were meeting at the time at a rented auditorium. This was probably 15 years ago or so. We were meeting at a rental auditorium in the city. And we were struggling just to gather the congregation together and grow as a congregation. We had rented a big auditorium and we were trying to fill up that big auditorium. And then one Sunday, I got to church and some lady came up to me and they said, Pastor, we got a problem. I said, well, what's the problem? She said, there's been a lice outbreak. And she said, she had gloves, snap. She said, we have to check the kids' heads because there's lice. I said, really? She said, yeah, it's in the public school, but now it's in Sunday school as well. So we had to tell every parent as they picked up their kids, hey, there's been someone with Sunday school with lice lice in their head so that, you know, in Sunday school, they're checking for lice. And, you know, before you come into Sunday school, there's someone at the door say, you can't come in unless we check your head. And after that service that day, I had several families. One family came up to me and said, Pastor, you know, we've been thinking about moving and leaving. And someone else came up to me and said, you know, we've been thinking about moving for a while and we're moving to this other place. And I'll never forget, the next Sunday we showed up at church and a bunch of parents, a bunch of people didn't show up to church because they were afraid of lies. A couple of people were leaving. And I'll never forget, you know how the enemy lies to you at times? And there could be one thought that triggers and I remember after that Sunday thinking, Lord, I knew this was going to happen. I'm going to show up next Sunday. It's going to be me and my wife. Maybe my mother-in-law. I don't even know if she's going to come. We're never going to be able to make an impact. People aren't committed. People are going to go. And I remember all that week how the enemy was just lambasting me about the people that you thought were going to stay are going to leave and people that are going and I'm going to, it's not going to happen and this person's going to leave and that person's going to leave and you'll never be able to make an impact in anyone's life. And just, it was just a crazy little trigger thing. But the enemy got a hold of it and he goes round and round and round and round and round. Has it ever happened to you? You get a report from the doctor. He says, I think I may have seen something. And pretty soon you start thinking, oh, I know what it is. Worst case scenario. Do we have our funeral place picked out? Have we bought a lot in the cemetery? I, 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 I probably have only three months. You allow the thinking to go down and down and down. Someone at your job is laid off and you start thinking, me, I'm the next one. And you start thinking, yeah, my boss was saying this. I, I, I think he was looking at me a little bit bad. He was asking about my timesheet. And you start thinking, I'm going to be fired next. I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage payment. And I'm not going to be able to survive. And what am I going to do? And you start going down the road of fear-filled thinking. Because sometimes when fear gets a hold of our life, it invades our thinking, it sabotages us. And let me tell you, you cannot have fear and faith on the same tightrope at the same time because one knocks the other off. There comes a time where either fear is going to overcome or faith is going to overcome, but you can't have them both at the same time on the same tightrope because one's going to knock 
one off. Either fear is going to prevail or faith is going to prevail. And you have the choice to decide, will it be fear or will it be faith? Today I want to talk to you about rethinking your thinking as we pray that thousands of people will get unstuck and really get into their call. In fact, I've been believing, praying with all the pastors at New Life Community Church and a whole bunch of people that after this series, there will be a a lot of people at this church that will say, Pastor, I'm unstuck and I'm ready to embrace my call. And I'm ready. I've been stuck for a while, but now I want to be used of God. I've been in the cave so long, I'm starting to look like a cave person, but I'm done with that. I want out of my cave. I want into my call because I believe that everyone in this auditorium, you have a purpose. You have a mission. You have a talent. You have a gift. You have a call on your life. You may or may not be living that call, but there's not a person in this place that doesn't have a call on their life if you're following Jesus. Amen? And what would happen if thousands of people around this church got out of their cave and started to say, I have a call of God and I'm going to fulfill my call. It would blow the lid off of what God is going to do in this place. And that's what I'm praying for. Out of our cave and into our call. So if you're stuck today, is it okay that I teach today? Because sometimes I preach, sometimes I teach. Sometimes I teach and I go into preaching and sometimes I preach and go into teaching. But today I'm going to teach a little bit. So take out your notepads, take out your pens, pay attention, because I'm going to give you some principles from the Word of God that if you learn these principles, they can be life-changing and life-transforming. So I'm going to give you four steps to start to rethink your thinking. Four steps. The most powerful transformation tool that you have today is the way you think. Now, the Bible says the way a man thinks, so is he. I was just talking to a young man last week after service who's had a radical transformation and conversion in his life and doing really, really well. But I told him, here's the the thing with our life that you need to keep in mind. When you come to God and you give your life to Christ, become a follower of Jesus Christ, there's something that happens immediately in your life. Uh, we, we call it, well, the Bible refers to it as being born again. But the transaction of being born again, what happens is that the Holy Spirit immediately, immediately, the past that you have, he clears it, washes it, And then the Holy Spirit comes in you and he revives your spirit. So suddenly your spirit is awakened to God immediately. The problem is that God doesn't give us a brain transplant. Your spirit is new, but your mind is old. That your spirit suddenly is awakened to the presence of God and feels the power of God and you can, you can be changed by God. But the problem is that you still have the old brain. How many of you have felt the struggle? My spirit is new, but my mind is old. Your spirit wants to go in this direction, but you still have the old way of thinking. And what the Bible tells us is that you have to start changing the way you think 
It's called the renewal of their mind because your spirit is new, but your mind still needs to be transformed. Some of us never transform our mind, so our old mind keeps dragging us back to our old way of living because although our spirit's new, our mind is old, and our wrong thinking keeps dragging us back into wrong living. Elijah is a great example of a man of God that was an extraordinary man of God. He was doing great things. He was at the top of his game, calling fire down from heaven, turning a nation to God, speaking on behalf of God. He's standing up to a wicked king. He confronts hundreds of prophets. God gives them this, his incredible victory on Mount Carmel where all of the nation of Israel bows down and begins to proclaim that God is really Lord, and yet, well, something happens. That in just a few hours, he goes from a mighty man of God to a very discouraged individual because the Bible says Elijah was afraid. How do we rethink our thinking? If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Number one, recognize the triggers that opened the doors to fear and sabotage your thinking. Recognizing the triggers that bring us down into negative thinking. That's the first point we're taking note of in this message from Mark Job here on Bold Steps Weekend. And we'll continue on to point number two in just a moment. First, I want to invite you to join a very special trip that Mark will be taking in just a few months. This May, Mark and Dr. Michael Radelnik are taking off on a 10-day messianic adventure through the heart of Israel. They'll be trekking through the streets, and hillsides, and shepherd fields where Jesus walked, taking in the sights and sounds of the Holy Land. And we want you to be a part of the adventure. To register and learn more about this incredible opportunity, just visit our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's get back into our message from Mark Job. We're discovering how to rethink our thinking. You gotta recognize the triggers. Identify the triggers that open up the door to you to get full of fear and it affect your thinking. Verse 3 says, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Let me remind you that faith can fade quickly when we focus on a fear-filled future. You see, I believe that all of us are driven by the images that are in our head. And if the images in your head are wrong, then those images begin to dictate your future. Elijah was doing well when he thought that he would win. Elijah was doing great when he thought that he would turn the nation back to God. Elijah was on a mission. He believed that God had called him to this mission. He thought that he won the battle, and then suddenly there was a trigger point. Let me explain what a trigger point is, because in 1942, just before World War II happened, there was a doctor, medical researcher by the name of Janet Travail. She discovered that there are painful points in the human body that when you touch that painful point, it triggers a twitch 
or a response in another part of our body. In other words, a trigger point is when you touch this part of the body, it affects that part of the body. She discovered that our body is interrelated, that our nerve system is connected, that our joints are intertwined, and so that you can, you can touch one part of the body and it affects another part of your body. That's a trigger point. Now, in the spiritual realm, a trigger point is the same thing. Some of us have a trigger that when that trigger is touched, and it's different for everybody in this room, but when that trigger is touched, it opens up the door for your entire thinking to be sabotaged because there are certain things in your life that open up the door to fear, and when that door is open, you always know you spiral downward. You may know what your trigger point is. I don't know. Maybe you're here today and you're a single girl and your trigger point is the thought that you're going to end up alone the rest of your life. So all you have to do is get a wedding invitation to a friend to someone's wedding and then suddenly you, you want to go out and buy five gallons of ice cream because you're just going to, because you're depressed just it's the trigger point someone else is getting married you're never going to get married you're never going to find the right guy you're going to be alone you're going to end up sad lonely depressed it's the trigger point it's the trigger point of thinking that i'm going to end up alone maybe you're here today and you're a young man trying to make a a living and trying to go forward and you have this idea in your mind I'm never going to succeed I'm always going to be stuck at a low paying job I'm never going to be able to pay for my family my mortgage and your trigger point is that you you have a fear that you'll never be self-sustaining you'll never be able to succeed you'll never be able to live at a level that other people live or your parents lived and so when someone says you're not going to make it when you put in a job resume and you get rejected it's your trigger point you start feeling, I'll never get a job. It's never going to happen. I'll never be able to pay the bills. And suddenly you start viewing your future as I'm going to live till I'm 54 in my mother's basement. It's a trigger point. Some of you are borderline hypochondriacs. You watch way too many of those medical movies. And you have a headache, and immediately you're like, oh, I know it's an aneurysm. <laughs> oh, I, I think I feel it. I, I, I feel, call the emergency room. Oh, I'm going to die early. I'm gonna, what, what am I going to do with my kids? And it's a trigger point. You're always feeling like I'm sick, or I'm about to get sick, or I'm about to have a heart attack, or I'm about to have a major emergency, because there's a trigger point of fear in your life, and when you start, you think you're always having symptoms. You're always Googling something. And how many of you know when you Google symptoms, boy, you're going to get scared just reading the Google thing. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Well, what do you have? I have this strange disease that's only found in the jungles of Africa. I have all the symptoms there. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. You just ate some bad pizza the night before. You don't have some strange disease. But some of you, it's the trigger point of health fear that gets you. Elijah had a trigger point. 
And it wasn't Jezebel. I believe his trigger point was the fact of, Elijah, you're going to fail at your mission. You're going to fail at what God has called you to do. And, and Jezebel said, tomorrow I will have your head on a platter. And then suddenly this mighty man of God, there was a trigger point that was hit. And suddenly he crumbles as he starts to get full of fear. And fear invades his thinking. And this is how it works. Suddenly fear invades his thinking. And he starts, he forgets all the good things that God has done. He forgets all the victories that he's had. He forgets everything that, and he starts f- focusing on the Israelites are going to reject you. Everything that I've done is in vain. I'm alone. No one's going to follow me. Everybody's out to kill me. My life is a failure. I'm not going to accomplish the things that God has. He begins to see a picture of the future in which he's dead and Jezebel wins and the people of God are following Baal. And that's the mental image that begins to develop in his mind because the mental image has been painted with the brushstrokes of fear and not the brushstrokes of faith. I want you to notice what happens to him. And it says, and Elijah was afraid. What are you afraid of today? Seriously. Because whatever you're most afraid of is what the enemy will use to trigger that fear-filled thinking in your mind. Whatever you're afraid of, fear of things and people and future is never of God. God is not the author of fear. Do you realize that in the Bible there are 366 times that it says, fear not? How many days of the year are there? 365. There are 366 injunctions in the Bible that say, fear not. There's an extra one for leap years, I guess, you know, 366. But the fear not, 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 fear not. Why does he have to tell us 366 times? Because we're prone to fear. And every time we're invaded with fear, it drives out faith. You may be doing excellent today. You may do an outstanding today, or maybe yesterday, or a month ago, or a year ago, you were doing extraordinary. You were like walking on the water, calling fire down from heaven, doing extraordinary things, and then something happened, a trigger point hit you. And it opened up the door to fear. And then fear started invading you, and instead of believing what God could do, you started seeing your future painted by the brushstrokes of fear and that becomes the image that drives your life and now suddenly you can't erase that image and instead of moving forward in the supernatural you give way to the natural and now you're sinking and wondering what happened to your life because you were driven by a trigger point that's filled you with fear instead of being filled with faith. A convicting lesson from Pastor Mark Job here on Bold Steps Weekend. Being filled with fear is something we all can relate to at one time or another, but getting unstuck from that place of fear is often easier said than done. Well, to help you take these daily lessons and really apply what we're talking about here on the program, we'd like to send you our latest Bold Action Gift. It's a book that Mark wrote which complements this teaching series. It's called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. Mark, you want to say a word about the book? There's nothing worse than feeling trapped. 
Sometimes it's caused by hang-ups from our past or the fear of failure, could be a dead-end job or bouts with depression. Truth is, we all have times when we end up in caves, dark places of discouragement and disillusionment that keep us from seeing the light of day. But we certainly don't have to stay there. In my book, Unstuck, I explore seven key steps that will help you walk out of the dark caves of life and into the place that God is calling you. The place and the process for each of our callings is completely unique. But I believe that there are some crucial universal principles that we all need to follow to get where we need to go. So discover how to break out from wherever you are today by requesting a copy of Unstuck. We'll send it to you with a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. Once again, the book is called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. And if part of your call this year is to reach people with the truth and encouragement of the gospel, we invite you to join our outreach efforts by becoming a bold partner. Your monthly gifts will help us share God's word on your local station and to other new listeners across the country. You can give a gift of any amount or sign up to become a bold partner when you visit our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Or simply give us a call, 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On behalf of the entire Bold Steps Weekend team, I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. Make plans to join us next time when Mark explains why you may need to rethink your thinking in order to step into the place God is calling you to. It's a perspective-changing lesson you won't want to miss. Next time, right here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.